And then all of a sudden, the next moment I remember, I'm sitting outside of the club, I open my eyes, my face is full of blood. Welcome to One Night in Bangkok. I'm Sav. I'm Charlie. And I'm MJ. And together, we're bringing you the crazy travel stories from around the world that never made it into the guidebooks. Cabin crew, prepare for takeoff. Hello, hello. Welcome back to One Night in Bangkok. Hola. This week, we're talking all about taking it too far, which I'm sure all of us have definitely done on our travels. <laughs> yeah, maybe just for once or twice. This is something that I unfortunately, um, I think I've learned and grown, but I relate to this one way too much. <laughs> <laughs> this episode actually came about because Anna Lottie, who we interview, has got a story that obviously she's taken it too far and I was the one interviewing her and you'll hear in the story, I'm like, oh God, I can relate to this and it kind of impacted me a little bit like hearing her retell it and that it was like kind of a big deal for her and I was like fuck I've got a story that's exactly like this vibe so that's kind of how this episode came about. Yeah I mean I I think we've all taken it too far because we wouldn't probably have a podcast about crazy travel stories if we just towed the line constantly so (laughs) (laughs) that would be a really boring podcast so um no (laughs) it's funny actually because I reckon even oh, maybe two years ago, it was still really hard for you to tell this story, Charlie. Like even like we're, you know, we're best mates obviously and you didn't tell me this story for quite a while, not in full, like not the full version. So Yeah, well, also as well, I don't know if our listeners know this, but you also used to be my boss. Like that's how we met. You hired me. And to to be honest, I used to be a bit scared telling you these stories because I was like, oh, no, like she's going to find me or whatever. I mean, I wasn't working for you then, but I was like, oh, no. Yeah, well, um, all bets are off because you're about to tell the world. So just goes to show a bit of time and distance can heal some wounds sometimes. (laughs) I will never forget when I received the phone call from you and you told me exactly what happened. I was at work at the time and I took the phone call and I was managing the shift and I just said to everyone, I was like, look, I have to take this important phone call. And I just sat out the back for 45 minutes listening to this (laughs) fucking crazy story literally beside myself it's honestly one of the best stories I've ever heard (laughs) wow now I've got to live up to that expectation I was like great (laughs) this theme actually triggers a memory of me when I've taken it too far when I was on holiday in Bali I went out drinking with my friend Emily and we used to go out drinking every single night like we'd go to the same bar beforehand we go to the same club like we had the same routine mapped out anyway I took it way too fucking far and drank far too much that the whole next day we were actually going up to our friend's village so he came and picked us up from our hotel and I was so hungover I'd been spewing all morning and then they come and pick us up we get in the car I can't even tell you how many times we had to stop it and also it was a four-hour journey up to this village so I had to keep getting them to stop the car so I could vomit on the side of the road. <laughs> and, then, oh. and for anyone that has been to Bali, there's wild dogs everywhere. So literally like the dogs were like following me around because they knew that I was going to provide them with food. Ew. So like I'm vomiting and then like the dogs are eating my vomit and that's making me vomit more because that's fucking gross. 
And yeah, it was just horrendous. Like, and by the time we got to the village, like I was literally like a skeleton, <laughs> like all the blood had drained from my face. I was so pale and I was just, yeah, it was, yeah, I took it way too far. Should not have drank that much before going to a village. Okay. All right. Let, let's go with this one. I haven't told this story before. It's not, it's not very long though, but we were on a work trip in Hawaii, these work trips that come up constantly. Obviously, I was there like we we're there for like a conference, quote unquote. And look, those conferences get out of control regardless of what you do or don't do. But um, I, reckon, I remember like, no, no, wait, I wasn't in Hawaii. I was in Mexico. Sorry, sorry. I was in- oh, God, that's how fucked you. <laughs> you definitely took it too far. You were in the wrong country, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because those conferences blur into one because they're always wild. But yeah. no, sorry, I'll, I'll take it back. I was, we were in Cancun this year and – I just remember, uh, look, well, I don't remember much, which tells you what you need to know, but I do know that I took it so far that night and just went off, like, literally was, you know that meme where the elf is, like, skipping into the distance and he's like, I'm on an adventure. That was me. I literally was just like, (laughs) what friends, what, like, I was there with my team. I was like, what team? See ya. I'm on an adventure. So I literally went off to do my own thing to the point where the next day the conference was ending and most people were flying back to Australia. But me and some friends had decided to extend for like three extra nights in Cancun, as you do. And so, and me and my, it was Josh actually, me and Josh were sharing a room at the hotel where we decided to extend. And so it got to like, I don't know, the next morning, must have been quite late, like late enough for him to be like, he, I remember he posted on Facebook a status being like, where's Sav? <laughs> like, I just hadn't shown up. I hadn't returned back to the hotel. He's like, it's time to check out and check back into the other hotel and Sav's still not here. Like, where is she? Is she alive? Um, to the point where, yeah, I had to put out a Facebook status to everyone be like, has anyone seen Sav? Is she, like, who's she with? And eventually, <laughs> eventually... It's fine, obviously, live to tell the tale. But, um, yeah, I eventually made it to the new hotel and we checked in and had three extra nights. But definitely I think you make it t- you take it too far if your friend has to put out a Facebook status being like, where is she? Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah, help anyone. Not ideal. Has anyone no. seen this girl? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of when I took it too far and I had to post a Facebook status, has anyone seen my teeth? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I swear to God, true story, true story. Someone commented and said, check the front pocket of your denim jacket. And sure enough, my teeth were there. Oh, Oh, that's nasty. I'm not proud of it, but it happened. You just like, you've just one up to your own story, Charlie. But do you want, do you want to go into your big story now? Do you want to give us, set the scene? Tell us a bit of background. Where were you? What were you doing? So I was at a pretty like crazy time in my life, a bit problematic, a bit probably addicted to substances. I don't know. That's probably, I say that's a stretch, but it's really not. Anyone was when I've, I've spoken about it before. It was when I was living in Whistler and doing the snow season there. Anyone that's been to Whistler or done a snow season in general knows that it's just pretty fucking crazy and there's a lot of partying. And so I was just constantly used to partying and then all of a sudden this job came up and it was for a tour guide of Bus About. And Bus About is like a hop on, hop off bus network all through Europe. And I'd always kind of wanted to do, like growing up, I did acting and performing arts and just the idea of being able to travel and be on the mic. I mean, I'm on the mic now, but <laughs> Perform. it was something that I... Yeah, exactly. It was something that like combined everything that I wanted to do. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. Sure enough, got the job. Amazing. So I go straight from Whistler over to Europe to start 
what's called the training trip. So the training trip goes for about two and a half months. And what happens is you have to go to every single stop on the hop on hop off network. And you're with a group of people that are all training guides. And to put in perspective how much you need to learn, each city you're expected to speak for 20 minutes. But then every time you go into a country, you're expected to speak for 30 minutes about the country. So city specific, country specific, massive trip. So the bus about guides, it's not as hold your hand because it is that like hop on, hop off. So they're kind of like encouraged to drink with the guests, take them out, go and do different things. So when you're on the training trip, you kind of get tested, I guess. So they'd take you out, get you wasted, and then they'd pick like the drunkest person in the group and they'd be like, oh, you, you have to walk us home and you're not allowed to use your maps. So then you have to take the whole group home, no maps, and make sure you get there. So there's all these little like tests along the way. You don't know what's coming. It's just all very like adrenaline. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. This sounds like a reality show that I would watch. Like, I would hands mm. down tune in for this show if it was on. Like, this is the kind of amazing race that I would actually care about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair call. Yeah. And when we went into a city, because we only got a certain amount of time. So when we'd get in the city, you had what's called fact-finding days. And so you did. You got given a sheet of all the main things in the city. You had to go around, take photos of yourself there to prove you were there. And no shit. Like sometimes you only go to a country for lunch. So, for example, I say I've been to Italy, but I literally went to Milan for lunch and that was it. And I had to run around, do everything in Milan. And you literally have to run to make it back on the bus in time. So no shit. It feels like the amazing race. It's fucking out of control. And then when you're on the coach, you have to call it coach. If you use the word bus, you got in so much trouble. That is like drilled into my head. It's Even though it's called so bus random. about. Right. Yeah, we used to say that. We're like, it's not coach about, like, get over <laughs> yourselves. Anyway, <laughs> we had a big WhatsApp group. So there'd be just, say, 20 guides in there. And the further you go into the trip, it wouldn't just be that you get picked for the cities you're going into or the countries that just choose random ones and you get up there. And it was so anxiety inducing. We had this WhatsApp group and, like, the big bosses would sit at the back seats, like backseat bandits on the coach. And they'd just, like, text in the group. They'd be like, Charlie, you're up five minutes, Switzerland. And you'd be like, oh. fuck. <laughs> That sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. Like, looking back, like, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like, that, well, kind of. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's the point of the story. So, I'm about two and a half weeks into this training trip. We're in Spain and specifically Madrid. So we're in Madrid for two nights, which was awesome. It felt so amazing when you had that little bit longer in a city. So what would happen usually when you've got two nights is they'd split the group up into two and you'd kind of like what group A does on night one, then they swap with the other. So I am a part of group A and they've told us that we that night are going to flamenco, which sounds amazing. We're all really excited, you know, and the next day is a big fact finding day that I was talking about before. So Rewind till we first get into the city Madrid. We've got some facts and things to go and find. One of them was we had to go to this place called Museum of Ham. And it's just like all these really nice meats and sangrias and Ooh. things. And you go there. Anyway, they had like jugs of sangria for like whatever euro with all the meats. So obviously oh. you're going to get it. So we just start drinking the sangria jugs. Like it's lunchtime pretty much. Anyway, so we're having the jugs. Then we're like, oh, we should go and meet at the bar across the road from Flamenco. We'll all have heaps of drinks and then we'll go to the Flamenco. So we all meet at this bar. We're all a bit like drunk anyway from all doing whatever in the afternoon. 
And in our mind, we're like, oh, so we're going to Flamenco. It'll be chill in there. We're not drinking in there. And then we've got to go home, study, (laughs) and then get up the next morning for fact-finding. So then with that logic, everyone at the bar was going fucking ham. I can't even tell you. Like, everyone was like, fuck it, let's go. Like, jugs of this, jugs of that, like, sculling. And I was like, is this necessary? But obviously I was involved. So I was just going crazy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So then we're like, okay, flamenco time. So we go to the flamenco. And this is what I was talking about before where they just drop shit on you out of fucking nowhere to see how you'd handle the real world with the people. So we go to Flamenco and they're like, okay, surprise, we've got unlimited drinks for you. And we're like, oh, what? Like everyone's <laughs> already just drank way too much than they needed to. But obviously because of that, everyone's like, fuck yeah, drinks. Like oh. just animals. <laughs> anyway, we finish Flamenco and we go out the front, the other half of the group. One of the men in there, he happens to know an owner of a club in Madrid because he oh. used to spend a lot of time there. So we come out, someone checks their phone in the group chat. He's like, hey, guys, come to this club. You get free entry, <laughs> free tequila shots and one euro beers. Oh. So then everyone's like, yes. It's like, what the actual fuck? Just chill out. Like we thought the night was ending about three times in a row, you know, like mm. it just kept escalating. So then we go to the club, sure enough, we get in, have the tequila shots, one euro beers, going fucking nuts. And I remember I was that fucked up. I went into the toilets and I projectile vomited all in the cubicle. It looked like a murder scene because it was all the sangria. (laughs) And it was just like... All on the walls, like it oh was so God. fucked up. I was like, Jesus, like I didn't even make it in the toilet. That this is bad sign. This is not going well. And then I had the audacity. I left the cubicle, and there was a security guard standing there. And I just looked at him, and I was like, Oh, some chicks like really been badly sick in there. Like I think you should go clean that up. Like- <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> anyway, so. That's that. We are finally like, okay, like it's time to leave, like, you know, the situation. Let's finally go back to the hostel and like chill out. As you do, we got a Macca's on the way home. I don't really remember this, but there's like footage of me like rolling around on the ground with nuggets being like, nuggets, like, oh, oh my God, like dear. mortifying. <laughs> I like, can picture that. <laughs> yes, yeah, same, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've actually seen that in real life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That hasn't just happened then, probably. (laughs) That ain't my first nugget radio. (laughs) So then we go back to the hostel and there's like everyone's hanging out in the common area, kind of like winding down. And this is when my blackout starts. So I leave the common area and... I know me, it can only be two things. I want to get a glass of water or have a cigarette. I don't know. But either of those things, I left the venue, from my understanding. And the whole venue? Out. Yeah, I just left. I was like, well, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Again, blackout. But I was not it, it, conscious. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I was. Everyone, I went missing. Everyone went to bed. It was just weird. Next thing you know... I wake up, it's probably been a couple of hours or so, I don't really know, again, unsure, but I wake up and it's pitch black, like I'm in this pitch black room and you can kind of make it out with like lighting, like 
you guys have heard this story and you've heard me say it like this before, but it genuinely looked like the bottom of the Titanic with all of the like <laughs> heavy machinery and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> like a boiler oh, room. Fuck. Yeah. Like, and I was like, what? Are, like, is that a torture machine? What is happening? Like, genuinely thought I had been kidnapped. And like, you hear what you hear with Spain, like sex rings, like all of this, la di da. Like, and I was like, holy fuck. Like, I've actually really taken it too far this time. Like, this is actually fucking traumatizing and really scary. So then I'm, like, trying to gather my thoughts. Like, what have I got? What have I got? My jacket's gone. I did have a jacket on. It's completely gone. Um, My top's on backwards. So my top's been taken off and it's been put back on. This is actually serious. Like, I genuinely thought this happened to me at this point in time. And so I was like... I've been raped or potentially been raped. I really, I really, really don't know. Like, this is actually really fucking scary. The cash was gone in my wallet. I had my work phone because we had a work phone and a normal phone. I had my work phone out because obviously we'd been out all day and we didn't go back. So my phone was gone. So I was like, literally anything of value has been taken from me. Obviously, I start panicking, like screaming and crying. And I was running around, like trying to find any door, or any exit, because I was like, let me out, let me out. Like it felt like an eternity, but it might have only been like five minutes. The only thing that I kind of remember was like, I found this jacket next to me. And I remember being freezing for some reason. And so I found the jacket and I was like, this is the guy who raped me, jacket, but I'm so fucking cold that I need it anyway. Like I'm putting it on. So I put this jacket on, finally find a way out, and I'm like, fuck, I don't even have any money to pay for a taxi to get back to my hostel. So then I'm like flagging taxis, like crying my eyes out. They all speak Spanish and I don't speak any Spanish. So I was like trying to speak to the taxi drivers and I'm like trying to explain what's happened. Like I've been kidnapped, help me, get me home. Like this is really fucking scary. Again, no one understood. Finally, there was someone that understood English and he could see the situation. He was like, it doesn't matter about the fucking money. Get in, like, let's get you safe. I was like, thank God. So I get in the taxi. He's driving around for ages. Like, he just starts circling. And I'm like, this is fucking annoying. Like, I need to, like, I'm scared. And I'm like crying in there. Gets to a point where he's like, I can't find your hostel. You're going to have to get out of the taxi. I literally actually felt like I had a panic attack at that stage. I started uncontrollably crying and I was like, I can't go out there. What if they get me again? Uh, All this stuff. Like literally I was refusing to get out of the car because it was the only place I felt safe at that moment. And so he recognised that and he was like, well, we, we should probably call the police. And I was like, can we? Like, please, like, we need the police here. Like, this is like, thank you. Finally, someone understands what the fuck's happened here. So he calls the police and the police come and I kind of explain what's happened to the police and they're like, oh, you can come back tomorrow and do your report um, when you've sobered up. And I was like, yes, sweet. And they're like, in the meantime, we're going to escort you back to your hostel. By the time I get back to the hostel at 7 a.m., we start fact-finding at like 7.45. So no shit, I like just had to get changed and – I I didn't really know what to do. Like, it was really awkward because, like, I don't know anyone that's ever gone through any sexual assault or abuse. It should never be your shame, but it feels shameful. And I definitely know what it felt like in that moment. You didn't want to talk about it with anyone, really. But when I went out with my group, because you separated into smaller groups, there was, I think, four or five of us. And I ended up telling them because I was like, I think I might need to go to the hospital to get a rape kit because, honestly, I had no idea what the fuck had happened. 
So are you so obviously the police will be like, okay, sober up, sober up. How drunk are you in the morning at this point? Like I you you must have been a little bit drunk still. Fucking wasted. Fucking <laughs> wasted. <laughs> Anyway, so then I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And then everyone kind of gave me a bit of confidence. They're like, well, you should probably message the bosses, like, and let them know, like, because obviously the work phone's gone. So at least I should let them know that. And yeah, so I messaged them and I was like, look, we really need to chat, like, blah, blah, blah. And they messaged me back and they were like, yeah, we need to chat as well. This is like the worst part of the story for me. Like, the anxiety of having to message your your new bosses. like Because I don't know, I can't remember if you covered this yet or not, but this training trip is like your final audition, right? So yeah. if you if you perform on the training trip, you get the job. But prior to the training trip, there's no guarantees of jobs, right? They select the top performers on the training trip. So it's like a, a really intense probation period. So like the anxiety to message these bosses in that state with no clue what happened. <laughs> You've lost the work phone. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm anxious for you now thinking about it. I can't. Yeah, it was um, incredibly uncomfortable, especially when they said, yeah, we need to chat to you too. I was like, oh. I literally was like alarm bells going off. Not even. I was like, oh, okay, like maybe they've heard it from someone. or But I still was a bit like... Ish. That's not a good start. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's literally like when, when your boyfriend and girlfriend goes, we need to talk. It's that same feeling. It's like, oh, yeah. are we breaking up? Oh, like- yeah. <laughs> I was getting some pretty bad vibes. I was like, oh. mm, something's not right here, but whatever, just go tell them. And I was like, at the end of the day, I've been abused and it's, you know, it's a really shit situation, but like hopefully they can just hear me out and realise like, okay, like that's actually, you know, we feel bad for this person. So they wanted to meet at like nine o'clock at night as well. Fuck off. Do I have to wait the whole day to do that? Like, are you serious? But anyway, so we come back and it's, yeah, it's like nine o'clock at night. I go and meet them. I literally tell them that whole story that I've just told you guys. And they just look at me and they're like smirking and like laughing. And I'm like, it's not fucking funny. Like I was getting really annoyed at this stage because genuinely I was still like trusting my story. And then they're like, do you want us to fill in the gaps? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you didn't. I, I think at this point I would have been like, do you know what? Let me save you the trouble. I'll just see myself out. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have done the same. I don't really know. Like, it was so hectic. And then I was like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Because also as well, let's not forget, as much as you'd be like, I don't want to hear it, I did want to hear it because I was like, for all I know, I've been kidnapped and raped. So I was actually like, any news, as fucked as it is, is going to help settle my anxiety about what I think has happened. And I don't think anything worse than that could have happened. So I'm like, actually, yeah, can you please? Mm. But anyway... So what happened is the fucking – the hostel isn't 24-7 reception. They have shifts so no one's out there at the night. So someone had come in for their shift at like 6 or 7 in the morning or whatever and seen that someone had broken into the basement. And they're like, what the fuck? That's a bit weird. Like everything's all messed up in there, specifically someone's jacket's been taken. <laughs> Whose jacket? 
Well, I don't remember whose jacket it was, but clearly I fucking had it. So then they're like, fuck, we've been robbed. Like, they genuinely think they've been robbed and they've been ransacked because it was all trashed and everything was hectic. So they're like, oh, we better check the CCTV footage. Fuck my life. Fuck my actual life. (laughs) Fuck my actual life. Apparently they checked the footage and it's literally me stumbling from outside. Clearly I went and had a cigarette. That must have been it. Me stumbling back from inside, clearly not realising where the fuck the elevator is, and then breaking into, which I don't know how the fuck this happened, but breaks into this basement, goes in there, passes out on the floor literally because oh. i don't know it must have just been dark space i was like i've had it like i can't find my room this will do fucking pass out on the floor and then it, i clearly wake up and it cuts to me thinking i've been kidnapped raped created this whole fucking story starts oh. running around the room screaming and crying so like <laughs> there's many things that we need answered right <laughs> okay Let's not forget that the fucking taxi couldn't find my hostel because I was at the hostel the whole time. (laughs) Okay, and then my phone. The phone's gone, yeah? So apparently one of my friends was like, yeah, at the club you were like, someone stole my phone. That sucks, haha. So apparently I knew my phone was stolen at the fucking club. Sick. Um, Everyone said that I'd spent the cash on the nuggets. Sick. So no one one stole the cash. I bought nuggets. Like, are you fucking serious? My top was on backwards because I'd hooked up with a boy on the trip along the way. So that had come off and put back on. So, like... There was answers to everything that I should have just known, but I took it so fucking far that I created a whole fucking <laughs> crime scene and I was the victim. Call the police. Call the Spanish police. <laughs> the police were involved. The police were involved. Are you serious? Like, that is so mortifying. And I swear to God, like, it was that legitimate in my mind that for, I mean, you said it at the top of this episode, Sav, like, it took me a long time to be able to tell this story comfortably. But not only that, I would say for a solid six to 12 months, mainly the first six months after that incident, I, every time I got drunk, would have panic attacks. I would start freaking out and I'd go, where's my phone? Where's this? And like, I just, honestly, it was a PTSD. Like I genuinely was dealing with as if I had gone through that because I was so convinced in that instant that it is what actually happened to me. Psychologically, it fucked me for a while. And you'll hear it in the next story with Anna Lottie. I could just relate so much with hers. And I just knew straight away, like, I don't know, I could see it with her as well, with her story. Like, I get through it a lot with the comedy because it is a fucking funny story, don't get me wrong, but there is a serious side to it as well. And I just, like, hope people can learn a little bit. <laughs> can, we, um, can we wrap up how – so that so your bosses have gone, do you want us to fill in the blanks? You've said, yeah, please do. Like, I'd love to know how I got kidnapped. Yeah. And then it fills you in on this – like, can we wrap that up? How does it end? Yeah, so they were like, what drugs were you on? And I was like, honestly, just tequila. That's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's illegal to do that. So obviously, like, they're trying to peg me for something. And fair enough. And, like, they've got relationships with all these hop-on, hop-off destinations. So, like, the hostel is one of their, like, relationships that they have. And they're like, we can't really be treating our, like, partners like that. Like, we can't really be, like breaking in and stealing things and like I was like no I get it like (laughs) 
say no more. Like, <laughs> I'd fire me too. <laughs> you, <don't. laughs> you really don't need to go into detail about this part. You are making the right decision. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I wish there was a way to see that footage. <laughs> oh, same. So many people have asked for it and I'm like, oh. there's no fucking way that I could ever physically watch that. That is gut-wrenchingly sick. No, Broke but me. if I worked Broke. at that hostel and I discovered that footage, I would have like I would have recorded it because it would have been so funny. Yeah. I would be showing my friends for years to come if I worked at that hostel. I'd be like, this one time, same. this girl, this girl thought she got kidnapped, but this is what actually happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, obviously they were like, "Oh, you can't do that," and like it, it's they were like, "It is a shame. You are a great guy, <laughs> thanks." But they were like, "We obviously just can't be doing that. Like, otherwise, everyone else is going to think that they can do those sorts of things." It's absolutely fair enough. So then, yeah, they were like, the most cringe part was is that they were leaving at like five a.m. the next morning to go to their next stop. Actually, this is so funny. They're leaving at five a.m. the next morning to go to the next stop. I was like, okay, now what? Like, I'm literally just left in Spain. Like, I waved goodbye at, like, 5 a.m. Like, bye, guys. And I was like, now what do I do? Like, this is fucking weird. Anyway, that's when I decided to move to Amsterdam and I've spoken about that. Didn't really turn out very well either. I had to go home. Um, <laughs> that whole two and a half weeks was incredibly too far. Not just one night, the whole two and a half weeks too far. But one of the highlights in that, just to wrap this up with a little bow, I remember I was high as fucking Amsterdam and I had a day off. I was just wandering the streets and I found this popcorn bar. Anyway, (laughs) I'm sitting there just like high as fuck eating the popcorn. The bus about group was coming through Amsterdam. So I was going to meet up with them at some point. (laughs) But one of the fact-finding groups happened to come into that popcorn shop. I'm sitting there on my own high as fuck eating popcorn. I'm like, I'm doing fine, guys, I swear. Like... (laughs) Look at me now. <laughs> so, Charlie, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah. Oh, God. Pace yourself. It's so fucking simple. Pace yourself. But at the same time, like, I know I always rebut my advice, but at the same time, it does annoy me that I thought the night was ending and that they did fuck you up like this. And I know it was like a test, but I was like, I just, I wasn't. I wasn't in the state of mind to be tested like that because I was always <laughs> going to say yes to no matter what the fuck it was. So, <laughs> I don't know. Drink more water. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Well, um, I know Anna Lottie has a story where she also takes it too far, so should we hear from her? Absolutely. Let's go. Meet Annie. She moved over to China to do a semester of university. Although, if you ask me, I think she actually left with less brain cells than what she had when she arrived. And this is her story. Hello, Annie. Thank you so much for coming on One Night in Bangkok. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. No worries. It's actually such a pleasure to have you. Uh, People would know from our first episode of the season that I was able to travel to Portugal. Amazing. And I met you there in Lagos. Yeah, we were like best friends for like three days. Yeah. (laughs) The best of mates. (laughs) It was instant connection. Yeah, it was. was. <laughs> we look like a married couple already. <laughs> exactly. People people kept saying we see the connection that you two have. <laughs> I know. I see it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And for those listening, where are you from? I'm from the Netherlands and I live in Amsterdam. Oof. The best Oof. city. I know. If anyone that's jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say if anyone's listened to the podcast for a while, they'll know that um we all love Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, and that you peed your bed in Amsterdam. <laughs> Maybe, uh, once or twice. <laughs> yeah. While we're here, though, I hear that you have got a crazy story about when you travelled to China. Can you set the scene and tell us where you were and how you ended up in China? Yeah. So I was 18. I was doing a study in Amsterdam. And then we had the chance to leave for a semester. So I left for Beijing and I went there to study but actually, I didn't study. I just partied with all the international people. <laughs> and we were just partying all fucking night, every day of the week. The beers were, like, so cheap. The food was amazing. And everyone was, like, really feeling it. So this one night, oh, my God, I can almost feel it again. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like PTSD vibes. Like, yeah, like, like traumatized. <laughs> uh, like, my body is shivering, you know. <laughs> We drink at the campus and then you had like this cafe and it's like really cheap. The beers are only like two yuan, which is like a couple of cents. And we were with this group. We just met. We just met like five days uh, earlier. So we didn't even know each other that well. And because we were all white and black, they think that we are like really special. Yeah. So when we, yeah, they look at your hair like that. And for me, it's like really normal, but there are no people that are, have blonde hair there. So, okay, we drank a lot and then we, we got to this club. You don't dance in the club in China. You just have uh, a lot of tables and you just sit there and you have your own private party. So we came into that club and there were a couple of guys who were like, hey, come, come sit with us. And we were like, yeah, why not? We don't even know each other, so we can meet you already. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get more. <laughs> yeah, the more the merrier. Of course. So, and they were drinking whiskey. And I never drank whiskey in my life. And now I know why. <laughs> I'm never doing this shit again. Also. <laughs> yeah, so we just sat at the table, did a couple of games. And eventually we started dancing at the table. So I was standing at the tables, like dancing my ass off. And then all of a sudden, the next moment I remember, I'm sitting outside of the club. I open my eyes. My face is full of blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <gasps> a friend is asking me, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I think so. Uh -huh. But I cannot see anything because there's blood everywhere. Oh, my God. Why did you say yes? <laughs> because I don't know. I just, I think I wanted to party more. I was like in <laughs> shock or something, you know? Yeah. But this is actually where the story starts. So I feel I'm in pain. Like I have pain everywhere in my body. And she is like, we have to go to the hospital right now. So she went into the club, called all of her new friends. We just made new friends. You know, like we were with a bunch of 20 people and we, okay, let's fucking go to the hospital now. So we ask a cab, like, can you bring us to the hospital? And he's like looking at me and he's like, no I'm not gonna take you you can walk and I'm like I cannot walk are you crazy so my friend she sees like a, a tuk-tuk you know yeah 
and we go into the tuk-tuk with like, I think we were like 12 people. It's only fits with three normally. <laughs> so, and we're like, okay, bring us to the nearest hospital. And um, this guy is like, okay. So he, he brings us to a Chinese hospital and no one could speak English. So what do we do? We hop in the tuk-tuk, go back to the club and ask the bartenders to come with us. Because oh they- my God. <laughs> <laughs> you serious? They can speak English. And she was like, looking at me like, yes, I come. I come with sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, Annie, Annie. What about your phone? Did you not have a phone where you could like translate or something like this? Like- no, because we don't have internet. We just oh lived there God. for like three days and it was really hard to get like a SIM card and a good number because like the Chinese government is always like controlling you. So it's not possible. So we, we had no choice. So we went to this club, asked the lady to come with us and she looked at me and like, I think I don't want to come, but I think I have to. So she comes <laughs> with us. <laughs> it's a hard shift for that lady. Yeah. She just she just clocked on to work thinking she's going to be like swinging some beers and she's next minute she's taking Annie to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't get paid for this shit. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Okay, so we get to the Chinese hospital and it's like crowded. Like there are so many people who have injuries and a lot of people are crying. Babies were born. It was crazy. And I you mean, was, like, in front of you? like No, in, like, the rooms beside me. But Jesus. I, yeah, you have, like, curtains, but that's it. Wow. Yeah. So, and I'm there with my friend group with 20 people who are massively drunk, who are screaming at me and to the nurses. And they're like, okay, help this girl. So this Chinese nurse looks at me and she's like, okay, take off your trousers. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know what to do. So I just do it. And they put like a big injection in my butt in the waiting room. <laughs> no, God, please, <laughs> And no. it's like a kind of morphine. Yeah. So I am instantly high and I'm not feeling anything anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, on. okay, yeah, I'm feeling better already, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then they mentioned that my hair is full of blood and that I have like a big hole in my head. <gasps> so they cut off all of my hair at the back of my head. <laughs> And there's like a bald spot and it's full of blood. Oh my. Yeah, it's really bad. And then they were like, how's your head? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Because I cannot feel anything from the morphine again, you know? Well, yeah. It's like, maybe you asked me before. You're like, I'm yeah. fucking fine. I'm fabulous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So I'm like, yeah, maybe just check it. So I got an MRI and... They say to me, oh, it's okay, you can go home. So I'll take the tuk-tuk, go back home, you know, and sleep. The morning after, I wake up and I'm like, I think I'm dying. And I haven't felt this before in my life. But like, I am dying. I need to go to a hospital right now. Then... I reckon I couldn't get up. So I was like calling my roommates because we lived in a small apartment by ourselves and it's like a studio. So you don't live with a roommate, but I had a neighbor. So I called her and I was like, please, you have to get me. But she didn't have the key. So, so you couldn't even open the door for no, them? No, I was in my bed. <gasps> and you, could, my... You, you physically couldn't even get up to open the door? No, I couldn't. Oh my God, that's so scary. 
It is. And then they broke into my room. They saw me and they were like, okay, you are almost dying, I guess. They want to call an ambulance, but there are no ambulances in Beijing. So they called the Dutch embassy and they yeah. arranged the ambulance for me and they came to pick me up. And then uh, <laughs> in the ambulance, I already get like, a, um, like, how do you call this? If you get something in your arm, uh, you get water in your body. Oh, um, I sound like a fucking idiot now because I don't even know. And I'm like, I speak English. <laughs> 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 the like I know it's called saline, yeah. But I'm gonna, um, I'm going to translate this. Yeah, translate. Th- do a live translate for us, please, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> when you translate this, I'm going to be like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> a drip, an IV drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's it. Oh, I've got it. An IV yeah. drip. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So they take me into the ambulance and they're looking at me they're like, okay, shit, you need an IV right now. So they put in a lot of water, 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 water. And then they take me to an American hospital. (laughs) And, okay, I have a list of what happened to me. And I'm going to read it for you. Okay, first of all, my collarbone got dislocated. (gasps) I had a concussion and actually sleeping was so dangerous I could have died. I bruised both of my legs. I bruised (gasps) both of my arms. My shoulder blade was broken at seven places. I broke five ribs. The rest was bruised. I had a hole in my head. Oh my God. Yeah. And the Chinese hospital just, they said to me like, oh, you're fine. (laughs) You can go home. And then when I was in the American hospital, it was like, okay, what the fuck? How are you still alive? You know? And then the most amazing thing happened. (laughs) <laughs> because Chinese people, they can make up their own name, right? Their yeah. English name, and I love yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah me so too, amazing. it's the best. I yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. So this nurse comes into my room, and she's like, Hey, Annie, I'm your nurse for today. My name is Candy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and I was I like, love a Candy name. <laughs> I'm in a bad porn movie, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the uh, nurse comes in, it's Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> but, Annie, so did you find out how these things happened to you? That's yeah. awful. What happened? I After, like, I was in the hospital for, like, one and a half week. And after that, I was fine, actually. I just had, like, the bruises and the broken bones. But then I went back to the club to find out what the fuck happened, you know? You need to, right? Like, you kind of, like, it's kind of like a mission. Like, if I were you, I'd be like, I can't leave China without finding out what the fuck happened. Yeah. And then I saw it on the security tape. (gasps) You're kidding me. What do you mean? Did they show you the video? Were they like, do you want to see the video? Yeah. I just fell over stairs. Oh, my God. And the stairs wasn't even that high. I think it's like half a meter. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! All of this. How did you watch the video? I would have found it really hard. I was crying like really loud. Yeah, and I wanted to go home also, like to my to my parents. But then in my head, I was like, "No, fuck! You have a single entry visa. You cannot leave China. You cannot come back." So I just stayed. What did your parents say? Like this friend of of mine, she called my father in the middle of the night to say that I'm injured. But she was drunk also, so they had like a small panic attack. 
And then the next day, I was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and then I sent them the list, what happened. <laughs> and they're like, shit, you're fucking not fine. <laughs> you died. <laughs> to me, it's crazy. And I keep getting hounded about, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put this on me, make this about me. What I'm saying is I get hounded because I've got a, a similar story where it's like I put myself in a very bad situation from drinking and it's quite traumatising and everyone keeps saying you need to tell this story on the podcast and don't get me wrong, it's an incredible story and it's coming out on the podcast. But it just is such an insane reminder and I feel the same about my situation about how just drinking alone can put you in a situation like that and you really don't realise until it happens to you. And I have a pretty personal question, but did you carry that on? Like when you were drinking after that, was it something that you struggled with? Well, of course, I I was like, okay, you have to watch out more. Anything can happen. Even like if you don't speak the language, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Because even if the Chinese hospital uh, would have told me what, what was wrong with me, I didn't understand what they were saying. So, And then after in China, I was like, okay, no whiskey for me. <laughs> Just give me a sink towel and I'm fucking happy. (laughs) (laughs) Were your parents okay with you staying? Like, what was their response? I don't think so. My mother was like, you are coming home right now. (laughs) And I was like, no, (laughs) I cannot fly because all my bones are broken. (laughs) I'm staying. (laughs) Um, Clearly I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they came to visit me after like three weeks, luckily. So when I saw them, I just had like this, oh, like what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. Eye-opening. Yeah, I was going to say like it's... (laughs) almost like reliving the situation again like you know you're obviously a great storyteller and you are in such a great positive spirit about it now and you can tell it and it's a it's funny in hindsight but I definitely am not taking away the fact that it's actually fucking traumatizing and it was yeah it was I so hear scary. you and I see you yeah it's to fucked. be alone in a big country where no one knows you like I only made friends for four days you know yeah. I was on my own in the hospital. Yeah. Couldn't speak and, Chinese. Yeah, and I I hear what you're saying, like seeing your parents after that three weeks, just seeing people you know and just just explaining what's happened and them to see you and you to see them, you almost do relive the situation. Yeah, but after that I had to go to the hospital for checkups. Of course. And then yeah. I ke- became friends with my doctor, Dr. Zhang. <laughs> Yeah. Zang. <laughs> we even went for a drink. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> we love Dr. Zhang. <laughs> yeah, it saved my life. Thank you. Obviously not whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just some Chinese tea and some dumplings. It's nice for uh, me. Yeah, exactly. I'll have some tea and some dumplings. Yeah, that's much. all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were so nice also, and they were like, Oh my God, why are you even here? You're like 18. <laughs> and yeah. like, I know. I don't even know. What am I doing? Well, that in itself is crazy, I think. Yeah. It's, su- it's such an adventure at 18 to go somewhere so totally different to where you grew up. And then to have an experience like that. I don't think anyone ever expects when they go on an adventure like that to come home with a story like you've got. 
in your first week. Oh, thank you so much, Annie, for sharing your story. I know it's not as easy all the time, but as I said, you've got such a good attitude and I can totally hear you and see you and relate. And you are probably our number one fan of the podcast. You found out about it like two or three weeks ago, but you're already on season two. Shout out to you. Thank you. <laughs> so you know what's coming. Know. We ask our guests. Yeah, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> but we ask our guests the same question at the end of every chat, and I would love to know, looking back, what advice do you wish that you could have given yourself? Just drink a water, please. <laughs> preach though I think we can all take that advice on yeah I think so (laughs) drink water people (laughs) (laughs) right ladies ticket to tell um this week unsurprisingly we've asked people to tell us about the time that they took it too far on their travels No shortage of this whatsoever. Charlie, what have you got? So one of my favourite ones that came in was, I love the ones that like, because we do the question box on the Instagram and they have to like keep doing more because it doesn't like fit in the box. So it's like the instalments and you're like, what's going to happen next? (laughs) So this one says, ended up back at a Guatemalan dude's house with my boyfriend smoking weed out of these wooden pipes he hand carved, didn't speak a word of English, looked like the Guatemalan version of Krusty the Clown. <laughs> what I would do, that imagery. Yeah, what I would do to be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> so good. The other one that I got sent in that I wanted to pick out was we had someone say that when they're in Magaluf, which is just like a right kind of party town where uh, usually you're kind of between your like 18 to 21s to go there and they were there and they had spoken to this guy at the pool like literally once or twice. Anyway, this guy ended up hooking up with someone else at the hotel. This chick said she got so mad and she was she'd taken it so fucking far that she was so drunk. She was banging her head against the glass door of the hotel, like out of frustration. <laughs> Spoken to this guy twice by the pool, like chill out, babe. Anyway, she smashed the glass. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god. Um, to be honest, lucky she didn't poke her eye out or something. Like could have been so much worse. Yeah, I did quiz her on it and she said that it didn't, like, shatter. I mean, it's still bad. She just said the whole thing cracked. Um, It's just fucked up. And then the cheek, they had the audacity. She told me this as well, that because of their hotel room was pool-facing, they said to the hotel that someone had thrown a rock up from the pool and it smashed their windows. So they came and got it fixed the next day all for free. Like, fuck off. I reckon that's one of those, I reckon that's one of those stories where the hotel staff are laughing and they're like, yeah, then they said someone threw a rock and it was so obvious that they'd done it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone bought that story, did they? Surely. No, neither. I'm sure that no one would have thought that they banged it with their head. (laughs) 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 Sav, what did you get? Oh, look. My everyone on my Instagram knows me too well because I put this question up and no joke, eighty percent of the responses were, What have you done this time? Like people thought that I was asking for like because I like one of my friends said, What the hell? Did you get married or something? 
No, like it's not about me. I'm trying to get your stories. But like no joke, 80% of them are like, what have you done? Like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, so I think this is um, probably my favourite. So someone said, the time I took my mum to Bali, thought I lost her and then found her on the pole in the club. See, really, that's the mum taking it too far, but, like, yeah, rough. (laughs) Real rough. Um, This one, I wish I had more details for this one, but they were not forthcoming, but here we go. (laughs) One time, kind of slammed into a rock on a Tarzan swing when trying to impress a guy. <laughs> Slammed onto a rock and how? Like, are you okay? I don't know. <laughs> like, George, 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 yeah, George, 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 watch out for that tree. <laughs> <laughs> watch out for that rock. <laughs> I also got one that I love that someone just said, <laughs> it's never too far, in brackets, if you've got water. <laughs> <laughs> Good shout, good shout. Yeah, I had a lot of sarcastic responses like, nah, never, not me. But like, all right, let's face it. We've all yeah, taken like, it too far. This podcast wouldn't exist Sick joke. It. I really like those ticket details this week. They're really funny. Yeah, yeah they were good really ones. good ones. I think yeah, it helps with that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I, I guess it kind of makes me feel like, you know, a bit more normal. Hearing these other people's stories. (laughs) Like, I'm doing fun. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) No, as always, we very much encourage you to get involved. We will always be putting out the questions that we use for our TTTs up on our Instagram stories. So please, if you've got one that matches, send it in so that we can shout you out. Yeah, that is One Night in BKK Podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous... I think you should leave us a review or a rating on Apple because <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had quite a few come in lately, and it's um really encouraging, isn't it? We love it because also definitely tells us that we're doing something right, and on top of that, helps other people find us. So if you could do that, that takes two seconds. We would be forever grateful. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of One Night in Bangkok. If you have a crazy travel story, tell us about it. You can send us an email, tell us at one night in bkk.com or hit us up on Instagram at one night in bkk podcast. This podcast was born from our shared love of travel and everything it adds to our lives. Until next time, we'll leave you with a snippet of how travel has changed you. It, it hardens you up a bit. Um, I think psychologically and emotionally, it toughens you up a bit.